Welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Revenue Marketing podcast, brought to you by Revenue Marketing Alliance. In this episode, our host Paul Sweeney is joined by Daria Krokaviak, brand and communications leader Enrich, to talk all things B2B marketing and using events to drive revenue. Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Revenue Marketing podcast. Thank you for your company today as ever. Today, we're going to discuss events, where they sit within the revenue marketing framework, how to measure ROI properly from them, and how to ensure your events are working in service to revenue. To get our teeth into this, I'm joined by Daya from Enrich. Daya, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to, Enrich? Yep. Hi, Paul. Um, many thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to discuss uh, events uh, with you today. Uh, basically, my main expertise and my experience, uh, it lies in um, communications and events uh, as being one of the communications channels that's utilized quite a lot. Um, I have been working uh, for B2B companies primarily for the past um, seven to eight years by now. And uh, this February, I joined uh, Enrich. That's uh, the leading European ABM platform where I'm um, taking over the brand and communication side where events is uh, one of the more important channels for us. Just before we get into events, I've always wondered about working for a company that markets to other marketers. What particular challenges does that pose? I guess, how does it how does it differ to marketing to um, kind of the rest of the uh, B2B market? That's a great question. Um, personally, I wouldn't say that it is um, that challenging per se. I actually find it uh, more exciting and enjoyable in a way since um, I have always been a part of marketing myself. And um, that does kind of help since it's uh, easier to put myself in the shoes of our customers and uh, of the people who we target. Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, um, marketers, um, tend to ask, um, some more specific questions, uh, than the extended buying committee, since they're this, uh, ultimate buyer persona for us. Uh, but yeah, this is what uh, keeps it, um, challenging in a good way, I would say. And, uh, yeah, fairly exciting. Always a lot to learn from fellow marketers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess like you, like you touched on there, you know your target audience as well as anyone as you uh, you come from that industry. So good point there. Um, I guess my, just to give a kind of macro overview of how I think um, events have played their part in the kind of marketing toolbox and increasingly the revenue marketing toolbox. I think um, when I first started in my career, basically marketing equaled events. We were, marketers were glorified um, events organizers and um, not much else. I think as digital and other uh, paid channels came online um you know events had a a bit of an identity problem um you know there was a, a period of time where they were seen as demand generation so you would turn up at events and um you know scan as many badges as you could and hope that that would lead to some demand out of the other end and i think just maybe two or three years prior to covid i think there seemed to be a consensus in in the industry that um that events were more of a brand 
and yeah, more of a brand exercise. So you you deprioritize the demand gen element of it and focused on the you know the big events that you needed to go to from a brand perspective. I think COVID, like a lot of things, um, changed the calculus somewhat. And I can I see some really interesting work around uh, events post COVID and how they're fitting within both the brand side but also within the demand generation side. I don't know whether you feel like those any of those statements are correct or you want to uh, challenge any of those, but that's how I kind of feel like events have um have played out in the you know 15 years that i've been working in marketing yeah i actually tend to agree with those uh and uh, i also feel like uh, the covid changed it a lot i think uh, this fact that uh, we are now having many more online events and um once we switched our focus more on those and um at least speaking from my experience, uh, specifically previously, I worked for a hardware company uh, where events and offline events specifically have been uh, a huge um, like lead generation pipeline generation channel for us. And once those were off, uh, we switched to the online ones since that was uh, the only option left, essentially. And once you do those, uh, naturally, uh, with online, we are... Like there are just so so many uh, tools available out there, and so much easier to track things like uh, whoever is attending the event, right? Their profiles, what happens next, uh, how they engage with your follow up. Um, even though, of course, uh, with offline events, you would also have this digital follow ups, but that was just like this this one part of the story in a way. But with the online ones, you get this uh, three hundred and sixty degrees picture in a way, and I think that did raise the bar for all things events and for offline uh, events as well um it's just again from my experience uh seeing um what's expected from me whenever i come up with the idea of an event uh, and outline the concept um, yeah I, I i think uh, that um we are now more used uh, to being more figures oriented in a way, let's put it this way. And I think that, uh, at least in my experience, it's changed like way more, especially like once the COVID hit. Uh, previously, it was more, I don't know, like uh, relaxed in a way. Uh, and uh, this brand awareness bit uh, was, um, was more prevailing. And no one really expected this like hard data out of those um and yeah uh now um if we essentially discuss this uh, brand events versus demand generation events like where they actually fall um i'm seeing that uh, these days events um in martech b2b specifically for which i can speak essentially um companies uh, aim to have it both whenever they have an event and uh it's um, it it is true both for first party and third party events. Um, like you you would aim to have both. Yeah, I think the events that I'm involved in particularly are um, are considered hybrid events. So you certainly have an in person element that's important. And often, you know, some of your keynote uh, activities would be very much in person and having the key audience there. But um, the breakout sessions and perhaps the more tailored events that are specific to a particular audience, you tend to see. Uh, uh, certainly online. And I think, um, I think that's probably the way it's going to be for a while. Um, the, the kind of digital element of events seems like 
yeah, it was probably heading in that direction anyway, but like a lot of things, COVID expedited that um, that trend. And I think uh, that's probably going to stay with us for a while. I think you're you know, really astute to pick up on the, uh, the kind of data element of events, particularly um, as we head out of COVID. I think um, as all events moved online for a period of, you know, 18 months or two years, we, you know, and onto platforms like On24 and other event platforms that are able to, you know, measure so many different angles of an event from, you know, participation through to the exact you know, number of seconds that people consumed and the the questions asked and they, they became quite interactive. I think marketers liked that data. Uh, well, I certainly did. I won't pretend to speak for all marketers, but I, I certainly liked that data. It allowed me to, you know, prioritize, uh, you know, sales follow-up and, you know, who was really engaged with the content that was being produced. Um, I, I do, I wonder as you, as events switch back to in-person events and, you know, there's plenty of um, benefits to that too in terms of quality of engagement and uh, being in the same room with someone, but are we going to, are we going to end up with a kind of data deficit with um, in-person events to where we've all kind of got used to this really rich data set used to come out of uh, digital events? Yeah, I think this is um, absolutely advancing. Uh, probably not that much uh, since most of the event platforms are mostly focused on the online bit of those since, uh, yeah, it is just easier uh, to track those as well. Uh, but yeah, I think... Uh, they will definitely be catching up um, these days at the offline events. Um, I guess uh, one of the that's like must-have elements, especially with the trade shows, would be like um, lead scanning apps, right? Uh, and those, uh, even though they haven't been advancing that much, but they are there, and the the apps are developing and looking for more ways of what it is. Uh, of what kind of data could be in there, how attendees uh, could interact prior to the event, uh, what kind of data is collected, how it is segmented as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think that the offline ones will be catching up. Would be fairly hard for me to estimate or forecast um, it's essentially what it is that uh, will be added and what it is that will be advancing. I would need uh, some more time uh, to come up with that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, it will definitely be developing. Um, so switching to your own experiences. So could you perhaps give us a little overview of, um, of the events that you're running at Enrich, um, the types of events, what you're seeing from them? And I guess more importantly, given that, you know, we're on a revenue marketing uh, podcast is how are you measuring the efficacy or return on investment from the events that you're running at the moment? Yeah, sure. So basically, uh, once uh, I joined Enrich um, back in this February, as I mentioned, um, the company hasn't been doing uh, too many events and it was more on this very like occasional and on a case-by-case -case basis whenever there were resources or like some other elements essentially came into play. Uh, but yeah, once I joined, I started um, developing the event strategy. And it is fairly hard so, to do it once you do not have much data, right? So uh, uh, my first, um, like, yeah, an, an essentially step um, towards uh, having the event strategy in place was to start experimenting with uh, different event formats. And... Um, 
It was mostly third-party events um, once I joined. Um, essentially, the things I was uh, looking for when uh, building the events calendar and pitching it further internally uh, would uh, naturally be the attendees profile, what kind of companies they represent. Uh, obviously, we are uh, interested in the B2B uh, sector specifically, for example. So yeah, the kind of uh, industries, uh, the kind of personas that will be there. Um, and also in terms of um, geography, essentially, because so we are quite clear as to what regions uh, we want to be targeting. So yeah, uh, I was aiming to collect as much information on that as possible. We would then shortlist those events. And uh, in terms of the metrics that and KPIs that we would have for those um, that hasn't changed that much ever since I joined so something that we keep uh, looking for whenever we decide to join an event uh, that would be the overall pipeline influenced by events and uh, here we would be looking at the number of opportunities that we generate and also the value of those opportunities and uh, once, um, yeah, like the deals get closed, we also look at the closed one rate where we would also be looking at the number of those uh, deals and uh, the value that they brought for the company. And recently, our revenue operations um, manager also created the model um, with which we will be able to look at the customer acquisition cost. Of, from those events as well. This is uh, something that we have had in mind for quite some time, but uh, got deprioritized due to all kinds of other tasks since our RevOps uh, is a one-person team, essentially. But yeah, finally we got it, and I think that it will also be adding uh, way more value for us when analyzing the events. Uh, essentially, also since uh, the customer acquisition cost it is uh, the kind of metric that we would encourage our customers uh, to look out for. Uh, and uh, yeah, there was this, uh, you know, traditional case of um, how we say it in Russian, like there is this proverb, like the shoemaker without the shoes. So that was just this case. <laughs> and finally, we have this model built as well. So yeah, I'm quite excited about this one too, since it will provide uh, more overview, essentially. Um, so yeah, that's uh, what with the third party events. Uh, but um, starting in May, uh, we also started uh, trying to do first party events uh, which are like our own events essentially we haven't had uh, that many yet since uh, summer in general is quite a low season so uh, yeah we had one uh, in may that was an in-person event that we had uh, in uh, israel and uh, for this one basically the metrics were so the primary metrics would be just the same ones uh, that i outlined for the third party events just now uh, but for this one, we were also looking for, or as they were looking at, uh, the number of registrations as well, the quality of those uh, registrations, how many people registered versus showed up, for example. Um, and yeah, um, the other metrics of the kind, I guess I would not go into too much detail uh, on those since those are not uh, revenue metrics, essentially. But uh, I still think it's worth um, highlighting that uh, since with the first party events, there is this um, 
additional set of data that you want to look at, essentially. Uh, and yeah, that's that's what we had as well. Hey, podcast people, looking for new ideas and resources to crush your revenue marketing goals? Our Pro Plus membership is your secret weapon. With Pro Plus, you'll be armed with a growing toolkit of accredited courses, real-world case studies, and battle-tested templates to annihilate the competition. With this plan, you get access to our Revenue Marketing Certified Core course, which will equip you with insider frameworks and secrets to dominate leads, campaigns, and feedback loops. We're also dropping exclusive master's courses so you can learn from the greats. You'll be taking names in positioning, segmentation, and more. Plus, score a free yearly ticket to our exclusive Revenue Marketing Summit at a location near you. Rub shoulders with the titans of the industry. Whether your goals are short, medium, or long-term, Pro Plus gives you the ammo to conquer them all. Lock and load Pro Plus at revenuemarketingalliance.com and start dominating like never before. Cool, thanks for that. Yeah, and um, it may be interesting to get you back on in the future when that model's up and running and you're getting some good data out of it. I think um, it'd be an interesting discussion. I think, um, I don't know whether you've got any idea, you know, if we think um, of a buying committee that are usually involved in a in the purchase of anything, but, you know, let's, for the purposes of this conversation, let's think of it as a you know, marketing software. You're probably going to have, you know, many members of the marketing department plugged into that um, into that buyer's kind of committee as they look at options and then narrow it down and then hopefully um, land on your particular platform. Is there a particular stage in the marketing or sales cycle that you think events play strong? I guess traditionally events were seen as a, particularly trade shows were seen as a kind of top of the sales funnel activity where you put um, badge scans and leads into the top and then you nurture them and uh, you know hopefully attend some of your um you know, first party events or they come to your website and consume uh, digital content like uh, webinars or ebooks, et cetera. I know that isn't universally true and there's lots of companies doing some great work out there in terms of, you know, putting events at different points in the sales cycle, particularly closer to purchase. But, um, from your perspective, what are you seeing? Where, where are events playing strong in the, in the sales cycle? Yeah. I would say that generally this, um, problem aware stage uh, if if we like look at it from this framework of the like uh, different stages of awareness i would say that the uh, problem aware and um, solution aware uh, would be best and this is uh, definitely something that we are aiming for but uh, with the third party events naturally especially if um, we are talking about a bigger event uh, this is not something that you can really measure well and predict well, especially if you have never attended the event yet. Of course, you can rely on some data that's there on the website or something you learn uh, during the like, negotiation stage from the event sales managers. But still, uh, until you actually go uh, to an event yourself, uh, you can't really have a good idea of whether this event um, is something that you would want to continue doing or maybe invest in more in the future. Um, that's that's uh, actually like one of these things that uh, I I like learned during my uh, career and. Uh, 
as much uh, pre-work that you can do, still uh, nothing can beat the actual attendance of an event. Um, so yeah. Um, but for the first party uh, events, I think there is, um, since you, you, you generally have so much more control as to who attends the event, how you promote it, um, what it is that you communicate about it and about yourselves uh, in particular. I think here it is uh, easier to tap uh, into the product aware stage as well. Um, but yeah, to, to wrap it up and to answer your question, I, I would say that problem aware um, is a good way to go. And yeah, it does seem like uh, uh, top of the funnel is something that uh, you would most often tap into, even though it might not be ideal. Uh, but yeah, th 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 that's just the way it is. Because otherwise, it's just really hard to... Unless you get um, a lot of anecdotal data, essentially. Like once you have those calls and once you have those interactions with people. But I would say that this is uh, just the realistic expectation that needs to be set internally when choosing an event, when making plans for an event as well. Yeah, thanks for that. I'm going to ask you a slightly provocative question now, and you don't have to agree with the premise of the question. But I think um, prior to COVID, there was a, I think marketing departments shifted away somewhat from spending budget on events in favor of prioritizing uh, digital. Um, and I think they'll see that trend during COVID was expedited um, as you know, it was impossible to attend events and people shifted all of their uh, marketing budget onto into digital channels. Do you think, are we seeing a short-term boost or bump to in-person events as people, you know, are fed up with attending webinars and after two years of being indoors, they're very keen to interact and engage with people? And maybe in the coming years, are we going to see a, a regression to the mean or you know, a renormalization of event attendance that looked a, a little bit more like it did prior to COVID? I would say yeah, that I would expect it to become more like it was pre-COVID. Um, even though um, we all, um, like we d discussed as well, we all did get um, like really used to online events, uh, both like on the side of the host and the attendee. Uh, it's just uh, really like part of our day to day in a way. Uh, but I think as it is with um, any marketing channel, essentially, um, you can't really find this one working formula for yourselves and uh, just keep doing it forever and uh, keep getting uh, this uh, remarkable, fantastic results year in, year out. You still need to to try something else, to try something new uh, and uh, experiment and introduce um, some other ways of um, looking for prospects, engaging with them, reinforcing relationships, etc., etc., which is why uh, I think that uh, the actual uh, like sending your team to an offline event and getting out there uh, would be back more and more. And I think um, it is already uh, especially when you look at the post-event reports that uh, the major trade shows uh, have been sharing, um, there is growth. I don't think that um, in all of the cases it's as optimistic as uh, the organizers would uh, expect it to be. 
at least from the some of the like um um how did like one to one conversations <laughs> I've had with them um but uh, yeah it is growing uh which is why yeah I would say that uh, I would expect uh, that to be the tendency yeah interesting um I guess time will tell where uh, where events sit in the um in the marketing mix moving forward I think maybe we are seeing a short term bump in the popularity of events as uh, you know people want to attend them and be energized by in person events it'd be interesting to see whether that that level of um, event attendance sticks around but um I would agree that uh you know certainly post covid you know I've attended a few more events than I did pre covid just because it's nice to engage with other people and um get some ideas from other people particularly actually as um many of us work from home the whole time um you know there's less of an opportunity to bounce ideas off your colleagues and learn things from your colleagues so um going to events and being able to learn from your peers from other companies um you know two or three times a year is is something that i've really enjoyed so um maybe something we'll continue to see um as people work from home and look for um look for fresh ideas from other people one other observation i would add on that um even though people tend uh, to be um, generally more excited to get uh, out of home and um, yeah, I think the word energized uh, actually sums it up really well because it's both like um, on the side of um, getting this offline interaction and also getting some industry insights, ideas, etc. But I did notice that people tend to be more cautious uh, with the choice of events. Like they want to have a better reason um to get out of the house essentially at the end of the day and uh, i just remember that especially uh last year uh with these bigger trade shows some of the like in in some chats and like communities uh, with the industry colleagues there would be conversations like so are you indeed like planning to go to this and that event like people wanted to get the feel that okay if there are several people, like fellow colleagues uh, who are attending, like this and that company is indeed going, then I would go as well. Because people were sort of worried to get disappointed in a way. Because there was clearly this notion that uh, a lot of offline events, especially right after the COVID restrictions were lifted, they were not that well attended. So yeah, I, I did notice that people uh, started being a little more cautious before investing uh into as simple as like attending an event uh, let alone to have like a booth and yeah so that was interesting yeah yeah that's significant investment so i'm sure that people are uh are cautious about it having had their fingers burnt um in the events been pre-covid um changing direction a little bit if we think of events as just um you know a tool that we can leverage and use and it sits there in our in our bag, tool bag amongst any other many others. Where does how do how do we use events among the many other um kind of channels and marketing tactics that we have? Obviously, you know, we've got other digital channels, we've got um, you know, our own channels that we own, social media, our, our website. Events very rarely are a standalone thing. They're a touch point along uh, along the route to hopefully to conversion into um into acquisitive business. So where do you see events sitting in amongst all of the other um, channels that marketers have um, have access to? Yeah, so uh, basically, I would also look at events as um, 
one of the channels that are there available. And naturally, this is uh, not the channel that you would utilize for each and every activity that marketing and the company as such has planned. Uh, so if we, if we look at um, our example at Enrich, for example, so uh, essentially we, we do this quarterly planning uh, internally and um, once there is um, this like direction and the priorities um, communicated uh, by the founder for this particular quarter of ours, uh, then um, each department would sit down and think of uh, what it is they could do to contribute to those. And um, yeah, the, 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 this is true for uh, marketing as well. So we would look um, what kind of product updates there might be. And if there is something becoming then um, doing an online event, for example, or maybe an offline one, uh, could be a good way to go. And of that, we could then generate uh, the blog article, social media posts, et cetera, et cetera. So the event uh, would be this focal point uh, when doing our marketing campaign around this announcement, for example. And um, yeah, so we, we would look at these uh, different elements and bits of uh, what it is that the company uh, will be doing, where it will be heading. And um it's not like uh, events are this um, default uh, choice of ours for mm-hmm. whatever it is uh, that we do at marketing. Uh, even though um, I clearly love events and I'm a big like, proponent of events, but uh, I'm very realistic uh, on uh, on the fact that, yeah, they're, they're just not the best fit for each and every stage of the company's development plans, etc. Um, so like any marketing activity events, you know, the interplay between the organizers of the event or the organizers of the marketing activity and the revenue operations in terms of trying to establish the success of the event is really important. Have you got any experience or how you do that well at um you know your organization that we can uh, talk to? Yeah, sure. Uh like something that I think we really take uh, pride in and personally I really enjoy how it's set up uh, at our company is um, our revenue team is just uh, super aligned and we are regularly in touch with each other. Uh, It is uh, as simple as having this uh, bi-weekly calls uh, and syncs and then having one-on-one syncs with each other as well, which makes uh, all of my colleagues aware of the kind of uh, KPIs I have uh, for the events as a channel. And uh, I have found that it really helps a lot uh, for me with essentially collecting this data and then reporting on this data as well. And um, I guess this is this uh, bit of um, wisdom and experience I really wanted to share with uh, the fellow colleagues since I have found that uh, once the whole revenue team is clear about priorities, clear about KPIs, we all can help each other so much and we can align so much more and that just makes the whole business uh, way more effective in and efficient in everything that we do yeah i think when everyone pulls in the right direction some good some good things happen well look Daria, i wanted to say thank you for your company and expertise there it sounds like you're doing some really uh cool work with events and events are a um you know important part of the marketing mix and increasingly post-covid as people look for that genuine in-person 
um, experience. I just wanted to ask whether you have any social media posts. Where can people find you online uh, if they want to get in contact? So the best way to find me would be to connect with me on LinkedIn. The link to my LinkedIn profile will be in the podcast description. Please feel free to reach out to me there, to connect, uh, send your questions, if any. I will be happy to continue the conversation there on the platform as well. You can also reach out to me by email. My email address is my name, D-A-R-Y-A, at N dot rich look forward to hearing from you thanks for joining us on let's talk revenue marketing don't stop now there's more to explore dive into our other captivating episodes where we uncover revenue boosting strategies insider secrets and inspiring success stories get ready to unleash your marketing potential and stay ahead of the game keep listening and enjoy the next episode